Right. We're back. Wiz and Guru, we're back for another episode. This episode, we're going to talk about bust. Uh, before we do that, how's it going there today? How, how was your uh, Friday today? It was a splendid Friday. It was a splendid Friday. Uh, felt like summer in the city today, 80 degrees in the greater New York area. A lot more people venturing out. We'll see how that all uh, shapes up. But I think um, this has been, for a lot of people, the opportunity that they were looking for to start moving out. Hopefully they can do it safely. Um, I know there was an announcement today. Roger Goodell actually uh, pointed towards, towards uh, some personnel being allowed back into team facilities. I, th- I guess that's a start. Um, you know, and then we get a little bit of... Sp- you know, a little bit of sports, right? We got race car driving this weekend. Uh, there's a there's a match play skins game uh, in golf from Seminole Country Club down in Florida. So, you know, yeah, the, one day uh, at a time. The UFC, the, yeah, the UFC has been uh, back in business. Uh, they had a fight last weekend, a fight uh, a fight card last weekend, a fight card. Uh, uh, Wednesday night uh, and a fight card going on tonight. Uh, I mean, uh, tomorrow night, Saturday night as well. So uh, it looks like uh, Dana White and the um, and the UFC is getting back in business. There was one other thing that I found very, very interesting uh, that the, some of the, the power conferences in college football had a conference call with Roger Goodell. And uh, when they were asked about that, why why that was they all said that it looks like the nfl is way ahead of people when it comes to preparations plans how things are going to unfold so uh i was pretty optimistic it was like one of those under the radar things but uh just a very interesting dynamic to see the power conferences of college football uh have a conference call with roger goodell and uh you know i think it was uh you know interesting and uh they seem to think that uh the NFL is 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 you know is is in good shape in terms of uh, what their plans are, and uh, it seems they have a few contingency plans in terms of the schedule. We'll we'll get to that down the road as well. But uh, we're going to talk about bust. Uh, we went over sleepers. We know we went over breakouts, and now we're going to go over bust. So let's start this one the way we did the other two. When you hear that definition is related to fantasy football. Uh, what does that word mean to you, bust? Uh, very simply, uh, a player that's expect like if you look at preseason prognostications, it's a player that's expected to be at the higher levels of uh, of performance and ends up fe- falling very short of that. And I think a lot of times, in, in my opinion, you know, it comes down to age is a very big factor, workload is a big factor, uh, and obviously injuries become uh, a big part of that. And, and we all know very well uh, when a player gets hurt, especially when you're drafting them in one of the early rounds in a roto league or paying up for it in, in an auction draft, uh, it can be a very painful thing to overcome. So, you know, I look at it as, as a guy that's got a high pedigree that, that falls very short of that uh, elite status going into the season. I mean, a bust, you know, is is kind of like specific because it, it, we talk about sleepers and you know strategies 
how we prepare with our sleeper list. But busting bus is a little bit more specific in the in the, in terms of like if you're going after a few sleepers, they're most likely in, the, in a snake or a serpentine draft are going to be towards the middle-ish late, but certainly you know not key points of the draft. And in an auction draft, uh, you know those sleepers are going to be guys for a few dollars here and there scattered throughout your draft. But the reason why a player is a bust is not because you've taken a, a flyer on a guy that you think could do something at a cheap price or a late pick in a, in a draft or, you know, in a snake draft. A, a bust is a player that either you're going to be taken early in a snake draft or pay up for, as you mentioned, in an auction draft. And, you know, unlike sleepers where, you know, if you're wrong about it, a guy here or there, you're not paying much, or you took a shot at the end of your snake draft, that's not going to make or break your season. But w would you agree that if you're wrong and way wrong about a player that you're taking in the first or second round of a snake draft or a player that you are paying up for in an auction draft, that could be kind of like, uh, you know, a, a season ender. Yeah. Do you kind of agree with that? can definitely be a season ender. I I think the one thing is if, if you get into that situation, and, and I think all of us have been in that situation, you have to be very nimble if you see this happening you know, very early on, uh, let's say it's a running running back, a guy that maybe averaged, say, five yards a carry and, you know, coming off of a fourteen or 1,500-yard rushing season. All of a sudden, it looks like he's running in mud, um, and, and, and you got a problem after two or three weeks. Now, obviously, other players will see that. You may try to trade him because you see kind of the trend of things. And, and I think we talk about this a lot. You know, sometimes you panic on a player. But I think sometimes the stars do align in that, just a lot of things don't look right. And like I said in the beginning, age can be a big factor. But I think, like you said, can ruin a season. And if you start to see that trend developing, you better make some preparations to get the heck out of that. Yeah, it's certainly a bust where you're paying up for in an auction draft or you're taking extremely early in a, in a snake or serpentine draft. That could kind of be, uh, you know, something that could wreck your season. But let me ask you about uh, about this. Uh, so we talked about breakthrough players or breakout players. Um, and we talked about sometimes it's just not about the player. It could be a running back that has uh, an elite offensive line now with a going into a new situation or a quarterback who has much better receivers or a receiver that has a much better guy throwing him the ball. What could potentially be things that make up a player that's seemingly ended up for a bust type season can it be the complete opposite of that is it a running back that now has lost their starting quarterback and is playing with a third string running back quarterback and now the, the every defense that they're going up against they're crowding the line of scrimmage so tell us about some of the things that could lead up to a player becoming a bust that may or may not necessarily have to do with the player himself Okay, so not having to do with the player itself uh, would be, yeah, a, a situation where, where where the offense switches and the focal point, you know, begins to shift to another player. So I look last year, for example, like a guy like Juju Smith-Schuster, where, you know, some, may, some people may just look at it, okay, a, a, Antonio Brown and him made for a nice little partnership for a couple of seasons. He leaves, and all of a sudden people assume that he's going to be able to just take over that number one position. And lo and behold, when you don't have that other uh, – 
attention on the other side of the ball, you know, the focal point becomes on you. And I think sometimes that's the case. Or as you mentioned, for, in, for a running back, where if the offensive line is depleted or the quarterback is a rookie quarterback, for example, and maybe there is an elite running back with, with, with kind of a soft offensive line, you know, there'll be running backs facing seven and eight man boxes, which makes it a little bit more challenging for that player uh, to do, you know, much better. I'd say there's one thing that I didn't mention when I kind of talked about it in the beginning. And I think a lot of times, look, these are young players getting paid a lot of money. And a young player, when they first start out in the league, you know, they're fighting very hard to get contracts and, and all that sort of stuff. And and sometimes when, when a player lands that big contract, you know, he gets that kind of, rub his belly syndrome where, you know, he's, he's satiated and, and that level of desire may start to wane a little bit. So even though that's not directly an answer to your question, it's another set of conditions that I think sometimes can affect the player's performance. Yeah, I think what happened to Juju Smith-Schuster was two things. One, I think he, he was set, you know, to offer a, a, ch- a good chance of being a bust because I think people assumed that he was going to take over and get all of those catches that were going to Antonio Brown. I always felt that he was going to not be that guy. He needed to be, I think, the, the second guy. And uh, if defenses paid him a lot of attention, he was not going to have the same success as Antonio Brown. And then when Roethlisberger went down, that absolutely just, you know, yeah, that, that was a, That was a death knell, no question. And another player that I know we both don't really care for on his new team um, going into last season, uh, this was an interesting situation with Le'Veon Bell. And uh, he, there were just a lot of things I didn't like about Le'Veon Bell going into last year. And he averaged like three yards a carry, and they didn't have Donald. And there was a lot of mitigating factors. But how do you reevaluate a player like Le'Veon Bell who's back with the same team, but now the starting quarterback is there? Like, certainly... I think was didn't live up to his fantasy value going into the draft last year. How do you reevaluate a player like that uh, going into the next season where, okay, he was thought of as maybe a top seven to 10 guy and his value then became uh, poor. And he, I guess could be labeled a bust, but then the following year, because of that year, He's now not looked at the same way. How do you weigh that in in comparison to maybe where his draft value is the following year? Uh, I'd say one thing last year, though, the one thing I really hated about the player last year was the fact that he didn't play football for 18 months. So that was that was a that was a big factor. And as you mentioned, there were other things that ended up coming up, which became more concerning. So certainly the Jets invested a lot in their offensive line. So that line has to perform better. The Jets were, the, were last in the NFL in yards per carry. And like you said, first off, Darnold is a young quarterback, and then he goes out and you bring in guys that, don't belong on an NFL field on top of it. And Bell is going to get, you know, going to get extra attention. I think he had one last thing in the case of Le'Veon Bell, which makes it a little bit more complicated. You know, he's got a contract situation and, and a situation with his head coach, which is a little uncertain. We can't kind of read into that situation. So I think he's a player who's going to come into this season a lot lower rated, and I think deservedly so. I think there are people in in leagues that will take a a shot on a player like that, potentially returning to maybe three quarters of his previous form. 
I probably will let somebody else do that. I, I am I am one of these people, and, and you know we talk about this with bus. Age workload has a lot to do with things and injuries and wearing down. If we look at the history of big busts, like the guys that I've seen really bust out as an NFL players, age and injury is one of the bigger factors. And, uh, and you know, those are two different things, though. I mean, one is you just see a player watching him, the eyeball test, and you just see a decline in talent. I think we've seen that. With Philip Rivers, he just wasn't able to make the throws, and now he's in an ideal situation. But his arm strength seemed to be, you know, declining, and wasn't able to make the throws. You know, he, you know, age catches up with all of us. So, how do you uh, how do you compare the two things? Where one player, it just when you watch the player play, it seems that there's a decline in talent, and then another player you're looking at, and you're very, very concerned about injuries a Todd Gurley, a David Johnson. Um, now, their value coming to this season is not going to be the way they were previous seasons, but do you put them all kind of lumped together into one category of like, okay, you know, all due respect, I'm going to let those guys be somebody else's problem, or do you look at injuries versus age in a different way? No, I, I don't. I treat injury and age the same. So guys with injury risk and guys that are aging, for me, I'm going to let someone else handle that. I'm going to stay away from it. As much as there'll be discounted players and there's a chance that that player can return back to it, I'm going to let somebody else uh, relish in that potential glory. Yeah, I think, you know, the bottom line is in terms of this podcast where we're talking about buses, you know, I, I think that, you know, picks that you make at the end or picks that you throw a few dollars on for sleepers at the end of drafts, flyers, some guys that you want to take a chance on, you know, that you, you're going to hit and miss on a few of those. But the bottom line is if you hang your hat on a particular player, you know, take a player first or second round, Spend, you know, the if you're the most, you know, the the highest price player on your team in an auction draft or your second highest player. I mean, you kind of got to be right, or they don't necessarily have to be fantastic, but they they can't be a tremendous letdown because if they are a bust, so to speak, and you pay that price for that player, it, it's just tough to overcome that because other guys who are picking that early and other guys who are pay, spending money for players of that price area are probably going to make big hits on some of their players. So I guess that's what it comes down to. I mean, it could be a season wrecker um, if, you're, if you're completely wrong about a guy like that, but uh, you know, it's uh, it's always interesting to see which which players are you know in that category and how you look at them and uh, you know everyone has a, a different viewpoint on it. But uh, I think uh, I think it's one of the most interesting things in terms of year to year value. And uh, and I think we talked about. I think we've yeah. both we've both felt that pain, right? Like I can go back in time and think about a guy like Jamal Lewis who ran for 2,000 yards in, in a season. And I, I'll never forget a year where Dante Culpepper, I, I want to say he had, I think he had 40 touchdowns passing the previous year. And, you know, I, I said, ah, that, that, that player's performance has to come down from where it is. And when his name got called out in an auction draft, I couldn't help myself. I heard the name. I got all excited. I drafted this guy. It was a complete disaster. Um, yeah, and I, I remember the draft. What, what was the Alex Collins? The, the, the Collins bidding was that two years ago? Two years ago, the Alex draft. Collins. Absolutely. 
you so so you and Steph, another guy in our league, were just battling it out for Alex Collins. And honestly, I was just sitting there and thinking, oh my goodness, what? The, the winner of this bid is going to be the loser of the season, I felt. And uh, he was just, you know, just did nothing. Luckily for you, uh, the, you, you know, your competitor just outbid you, you know, and led to a, a horrible season for poor Steph, who ended up with Collins. But yeah, that 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 can happen. It could be a season wrecker. You know, you got to try and do your best to avoid those things. But uh, you know, it, it happens to the best of us. It happens to all yeah, of us. So, sure. uh, and I think yeah, also the, the, anything the, else you wanted to yeah, uh, add? The other thing I'd mention is I think t- sometimes you know, look, these are human beings. They 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 are not infallible, and sometimes character issues that, that surround certain players can come back to haunt them. And they're young men, like I said, with a lot of money. And I can remember a few guys, uh, a Corin Robinson, a Justin Blackman, everybody excited about these players, you know, being, you know, coming off of a very exciting year. And that year just absolutely falling back to earth because, you know, (laughs) the human aspect takes over. So it's not easy. You have a lot of things to look at when it comes to fantasy football. Yeah, you know, one you know, one last thing before we go is what happened uh, a couple years ago with Ezekiel Elliott, right? Oh, yeah. I mean, it was a complete guessing game as to how many games he was going to miss. Uh, I knew guys who who kept him in a, in a dynasty league. I knew guys who were willing to pay any amount because they thought he would be back for the fantasy playoffs. I knew guys who didn't want any part of him because they were concerned how long it was going to go. So you do have things like that. To your point about off the field character, you know, came back for that specific player but there are a lot of interesting dynamics when it goes into that uh you know personality age injury uh how you know injury prone some players are but uh you know look you're just trying to avoid them as best you can and uh you know and 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 uh and hope that you don't uh pick one of those players that just has an awful season it's just uh it's just difficult to overcome but uh let me ask yeah, you uh, guess, uh, I, I, i'm gonna ask you one last question here because i'm a very uh i'm, I'm I'm a very. If, if I was an employer, I, I'd be sued for my uh, for my views uh, for, for equal opportunities. But I'm very anti-veteran in terms of guys that are longer in the tooth, uh, especially at the skill positions. Not necessarily a quarterback, but in, in the running back position, I would say you know we we talk about that barrier. Twenty nine, thirty is becoming a a point in time where you know the lifespan of a running back runs out. Do you think the same in terms of age with guys, or are you a little bit more? reticent maybe at certain positions versus others yeah I, I think I think to running back is is the best point to look at and I think usage of how the player was used uh, you know were they were they such a workhorse were they given such a tremendous workload that they you know they're not going to be able to sustain it were, were the team smart how they used them I mean you know some of these guys I mean Todd Gurley looked like really the next coming of Eric Dickinson and Wow, did the Rams regret giving him that you know, that second contract, and you know the Melvin Gordon Chargers situation turmoil last year. That was another thing. Look at what that was in terms of uh, fantasy uh, perspective. It, it was so difficult. But yeah, I would ag- I would agree. I would agree with that. I think unfortunately it's a very difficult game, and it's just tough for running backs to carry that workload, take those hits, um, and to sustain it. So I think when you get to a certain age, you gotta kind of be on the lookout and 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 be ready for a, a quick and drastic drop off of um, of stats. 
All right. Fantastic stuff. It was uh, a fun topic, and we got some more fun stuff uh, that we're going to throw at everybody next week. So uh, a lot of fun, Wiz. I wish you a good uh, a good weekend. Uh, good discussion. Yeah, it was well, a lot of fun. Yep.